Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is, what exactly goes into a business exit plan, and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting EXIT PLAN with no spaces to 44222. That's EXIT PLAN to 44222. Again, text EXIT PLAN to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining us today. It is a beautiful day here in Southern California. I hope it's nice wherever you are. I hope you're staying warm if you're in the Midwest. Uh, I have a very special guest coming on today. His name is Michael Wiseman. Uh, Mike is the founder of the Values Institute and he's been um, involved in in helping uh, people with their advertising and uh, their product needs uh, product demonstration needs for many, many, many years. Uh, over the last several years, he's he's changed into uh, helping people establish corporate values that align with the uh, consumer values. And so it, it's been an interesting journey for Mike, and he's written a new book, and we're going to talk about that. It's called Choosing Higher Ground. So uh, let's get Mike on the line. Mike, Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Bill. Pleasure to be here. Mike, how, how things going? You've been really busy with the Values Institute, and now you've taken on this this uh, the difficult task of writing a new book. Um, how's everything going for you? You know, things are going uh, extremely well, Bill. Uh, I'm finding now, uh, ten years into this trek of uh, the search for values in corporate America, that the re- receptivity uh, to the promise and the premise of aligning values internally to find success externally is really um, is really resonating now at the highest levels in organizations. I've been fortunate to be out uh, speaking to uh, various industries, trade associations. Um, just this last week I was, I was speaking at an event uh, where uh, top workplaces were being honored. But carrying this message of values into the workplace, uh, one would think that it's um, – something that would have already been established, but I have to tell you, uh, in, in my journey, I'm finding that there are still many organizations that are uh, unfortunately trapped in, in, in what I, I call the transactional economy in my book, and it's the results are pretty devastating for them, especially when it's becoming so uh, competitive and, and commoditized in almost every category. You know, these days it's almost impossible to stand out just on products and services alone. You really need something much deeper uh, not only to connect with your own employees, but certainly to connect with your customers. And, and we've talked about how and why the Values Institute came to pass or came to came to be in prior interviews. But for those listeners who might not have heard, Mike, the, the Values Institute is a it's a nonprofit think tank, and your mission is to inspire values-driven relationships from the boardroom to the break room. Tell us a little bit about your uh, the, the humble beginnings of the Values Institute and why you thought it made sense and 
what the reaction has been from companies you've proposed uh, getting involved with the Values Institute has been. Well, it's interesting, Bill. Um, I, I, you know, being in the marketing and advertising business for over 42 years now, I, I was becoming really um, disenfranchised with the notion that we could only seem to help organizations for a very short period of time. In other words, we would create a, a campaign for a product, and we might see some episodic uh, growth over a short period of time. But what was really bothering me at the time was that we couldn't seem to find a way to help organizations sustain sales growth and success, and, and uh, it, it, it was not coincidental that during that period, this was back in 2007, 2008, is, you know, when our friend Bernie Madoff uh, crossed the line with that, that $150 billion Ponzi scheme, and, you know, watching the collapse of Wall Street, what I realized uh, was that, you know, this was not just a financial collapse. I really saw this as a as a financial uh, collapse, but more than that, it was a values crisis. And it's interesting because I can still remember, I, I've used this, this visual in many of my talks, uh, during the Occupy Wall Street movement, there was a very young protester, and he had a sign that, that he had handwritten that said, greed is only a symptom. And boy, that really reson resonated with me when I saw that. And he was absolutely right. You know, you, you, you have corporate America, and I uh, unfortunately still uh, in the throes of, of what I call chasing the five Ps, um, power and position and prestige and pleasure and prosperity. And, you know, on the surface, there's nothing wrong with those words, but when self-interest is driving those endeavors, uh, disaster happens. People get hurt. And, uh, you know, now decades, uh, this decade later, uh, you know, I'm unfortunately um, uh, in many situations where I'm interviewing employees. I've talked to thousands of employees who are suffering under the thumb of these oppressive business cultures that only glorify the transaction, and they feel like prisoners. And, uh, you know, when you hear these heart-wrenching stories of people who feel trapped in an organization where they've had to compromise their values to survive, it's really a devastating uh, wave uh, that's going through corporate America. And unfortunately, um, many organizations have not found their way out of that transactional behavior. So, you know, I wanted to do something about it. And, you know, oddly enough, coming from an advertising uh, <laughs> industry where we're much maligned in terms of trust, uh, I felt that we could do something not only good for our industry, but do something good for corporate America. So uh, I've been on this journey to try to help organizations realize that the, their most valuable possession, their most valuable asset that they own are the values that drive the organization and the trust that that builds over time. Now, Mike, I, I like the sound of that. How does a business owner uh, or, uh, you know, or a board, I guess, for a bigger business, um, come to the realization that they need the help of the Values Institute? What is their aha moment when they say, okay, we need, we need to get the Values Institute and go through this process? You know, many times, Bill, we will be called upon when there is a uh, regime change, uh, someone new coming to the, into leadership, leadership in an organization, or in an organization where they're experiencing very high turnover of employees and can't put their finger on what, what the problem is, or uh, we have companies that come to us because they see the competitors uh, in their own industries uh, sailing past them, 
and they struggle to find out how to sustain um, financial growth, and so their sales may be suffering, and they can't really put a finger on that either. And you know, um, uh, the enlightened ones. I think what's happening is that um, you know, ten years ago when I was out uh, <laughs> trying to knock down uh, the doors in boardrooms, you know, I was getting patted on the head by CEOs who were saying, "Well, a values thing sounds very nice, Mike, um, but it really isn't helping my." bottom line, what we now know through research is that, um, you know, high trust organizations outperform low trust organizations by a whopping 286%. So, so this notion of values and trust are no longer nice to haves. These are must haves. And your values truly do distinguish you in a way that your products, your products can't. So, you know, I, I tell CEOs who I visit who may be struggling, and I've had some come to me privately. You know, this is a very lonely, lonely position for many. When you're struggling and suffering and not understanding your way, it's very difficult to express that externally. You don't. Your, your peer group is pretty small of people that you trust. So the institute can come in alongside of, of leadership uh, in, in a very non-judgmental way, but safe place uh, to explore what. The real issues are, and many, many, many times, Bill, it has to do with, to me, the greatest oversight in corporate America, and that is, I think Mark Twain was the one who said the two most important days in our lives are the days that we're born and then the day that we discover why, and I'm convinced that brands that are suffering today, companies that suffer, may be suffering because they still have not discovered their purpose, and without purpose, it's very difficult to engage employees, uh, to lead people anywhere, and it's obviously difficult to sustain growth externally or build relationships with customers if all you're doing is chasing their wallet for a transaction. Yes, yeah, yeah. I think we're all kind of feeling like we're beyond that, and we're looking for the brand that cares about cares about us as consumers, and um, that, that's a big part of it. So it, that's a, it's an interesting. The Values Institute is an interesting proposition for anybody who's out there who is part of a, a large organization who is saying, you know, we're not we're not feeling like we're getting the the uh, the trust uh, of our customers anymore. We're not in line with our customers. And Mike, you've written a new book called Choosing Higher Ground. Let's let's talk about that. Why did you write Choosing Higher Ground, and what's it all about? Well, it's really choosing higher ground is really, I would consider it um, a kind of a handbook, and, and it's a handbook for those companies who really are looking to incorporate values as their sustaining practices into the organization, and not just, I'm not talking about the dusty posters that we've all seen kind of adorning the walls that we walk by, you know, um, with courage and leadership and these wonderful ethereal words. I'm talking about putting values into practice on a very on a daily basis and I, I really do see it as a as a as a larger calling um, you know there's a very frightening study that's been done recently by Gallup that shows that 92 percent of all brands in the United States could disappear tomorrow and nobody would care um, really an indictment on where corporate America stands today so for organizations that are looking for sustainable growth but not just financial growth. Um, I'm talking about companies that choose to walk their walk with a social conscience. Um, this book becomes a, a handbook, and it really does contrast these two worlds that I talk about frequently, you know, the transactional economy, which is 
a very slippery slope. This is where, you know, our business standards are quite flexible. Uh, the relationships only last as long as it takes to make the sale. And without that deeper foundation, the trust is crushed. Every time there's a misstep, a deceit, an integrity dip, and, and what happens is we're kind of left numb by that. And as you just alluded to, um, you know, as, as consumers now of, of products and services, we do need more. We, you know, it's, um, I, I tell people often at my tender age, I'm, I'm finding that my circle of friends is actually shrinking, not growing, because I choose to spend time with people whose values I share. I just don't have time for, you know, a number of casual relationships. I think the same thing is happening in corporate America. Consumers do not have time. Uh, for casual business relationships with companies. They're looking for organizations that share their values, um, that are aligned with their belief system, and those are the brands that, that, that they're choosing to uh, invest in, their time and their money. Um, so the book stands as a contrast between those two worlds, and obviously I'm urging um, the readers to adopt this notion of wanting to choose higher ground, meaning living a life of corporate values, and we just see the benefits of that on a daily basis, Bill. We, we see the light bulb go off inside of companies who choose this path. We see employee engagement um, go up. We see productivity go up. And then, of course, we see sales begin to rise as well. And these companies that plant their flag to stand for something greater than what they sell are the ones that we admire and the ones that we choose to do business with. Mm-hmm. Is this a book uh, about uh, life in general, Mike? Is it specifically for business owners? And if so, is it for anybody who is out there in the business world trying to transact some kind of a trade for goods or services? You know what, Bill? It's it's an all-encompassing idea. You know, the the, the the value of values is that, you know, the values guide every decision that we make in life, big or small, and whether that's personal in our personal lives or in our corporate lives, you know, so I tell people that are, that, that would pick up the book, this is not just for a CEO. Um, we did start with corporate America because we felt, you know, that's, that's the life that I've been living for the last 42 years. And I felt that we needed to start the discussion there because there's so little trust there. But as, as you alluded to, you know, this goes beyond the boardroom. I mean, values is something that we're, you know, we've partnered with Cal State Fullerton now to create a center of excellence where we're creating curriculum, values-based curriculum for undergraduates so that we can inculcate this notion of values and purpose before these young people get out into the workplace. And, and by the way, I, I just read a, a, a survey the other day, an article the other day that said that, you know, the millennial generation is, is now the largest living generation in our country. And by 2020, they're going to represent half of all of the workers in corporate America and by the way, uh, what I'm finding as I'm diving in into this generation is that they are very values-driven. They are not disloyal, as the media would like to cast them. Uh, they will not be loyal to an organization that does not have purpose or values. So, um, and then finally, you know, I've had comments from people who've picked up and read the book that this values discussion is something that they can carry home with them, you know, into their marriages, into their relationships with their kids, with their friends. Um, this values being a social science study that we've created, it really perpetuates all walks of life. So, you know, it's um, along the way to financial success, there's, there's a 
there's a beautiful moment when you when you realize that your personal values are shared by the values of your workplace, and that's where that elusive idea of joy actually comes from. You know, when we're when we're purposely living out our personal values that coincide with our professional values, uh, we get into this space where joy comes from, and 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 that's really the ultimate success. It's not uh, the bottom line. It's your heartbeat and, and your purpose as a human being uh, and your life on this planet. So uh, I think it has, while it may have a corporate uh, wrapper around the book, it's really more of a life journey of values to reach that higher ground. Well, uh, I've also heard statistics, Mike, that by 2020, half of the U.S. population will have some kind of a self-employed job or gig, if you call it a you know what you'd call maybe driving for Uber or something like that. So yeah. uh, certainly they'll 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 all be in a in a transactional mode or a service mode as well. So it's important for yeah. everybody to go out with that attitude that that uh, you have to be uh, resonating with your customers in a way that is beyond a transaction, beyond um, the uh, the service or that you provide. It's it's the attitude that you provide it with and the the uh, their expect and understanding their expectations as well there's a big there's a big difference between the word values and the word value mike i think a, yeah. a lot of people today are saying you know what i what i value uh is uh, a certain uh, you know respect and honesty and dignity and 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 getting value out of a transaction but there's other things that people are starting to value a lot more that's driving our economy too and that is uh, time you know being able to to make things convenient and easy, and that's why I think we're seeing so many online sales. Uh, how do people that are in uh, uh, an online type of a business uh, communicate those values that you're talking about with their customers? Um, you know, I think that, uh, of course, we're living in the world of social marketing, and what I would tell online retailers is to share your stories. You know, share your purpose, share the story, the, the why behind the what that you're selling, and connect with people at that level, and, uh, and you will see success. Uh, I think the greatest example of that might be Zappos. You know, Tony Shade, as a young CEO, comes into an online community where he's, his product that he's peddling is shoes, and yet he's determined that he's going to create um, a, a culture of happiness and he is self-professed in, in saying that I don't sell shoes, I sell happiness. And you can feel that uh, permeated through the conversations that you'll have with any representative uh, that works for Zappos because this is one of the rare occasions where a telemarketing organization or an individual operator does not have an alarm clock at their desk saying it's time to move on to the next transaction. Uh, there have been stories of, of uh conversations with Zappos representatives that have gone hours and hours. And at that point, it's not about a transaction of a shoe. It's about somebody reaching out to want to have a conversation with another human being, you know, that understands them. And, you know, he translated that into $1.2 billion of, of, of net worth. Um, again, uh, you know, how many, how, many, how many stores online sell shoes? Uh, and yet there's, you know, there's only one Zappos. So it, it, regardless of whether it's an uh, in-person relationship that you're developing or whether it's a virtual relationship that you're developing, we have to remember that behind every one of those transactions is a relationship with a human being. 
And so we urge all of the people that we engage with in corporate America to invest their time in developing relationships because that's what will sustain the transactions over time. I'm talking with Mike Wiseman, and the name of the book is Choosing Higher Ground. And, Mike, where do our listeners get the book? Uh, it's available on Amazon um, right now. It's also in ebook form, uh, will be next week on Apple, uh, as well as uh, Barnes & Noble. It's, uh, it's got to be an incredibly interesting read. I, I urge you to go out and get Choosing Higher Ground. Give it to someone who runs or owns a business or is uh, just looking for the message that they need to hear about the way they're living their life, Choosing Higher Ground. Mike, thanks so much for coming on with us today and, and uh, visiting. I really appreciate it, and I hope the book does incredibly well. Thank you so much, Bill. I, as you know, I always love spending time with you. Keep up the good work. All right. Thanks, Mike. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this, so please stay with us. Hey, everybody. It's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. One of the questions I get asked the most is, how do I grow the value of my business? I'm so busy working in it, I need to work on it. So we've created a special report for you on 10 tips to grow the value of your business. Just text the word DRIVERS to 44222 to get a special free report right to your inbox. That's drivers to 44222. Text drivers to 44222. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 